1: From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson.
0: In case, (laughs) in case you haven't figured it out, my friends, it is Friday and that means it's time for another nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by exodus trail cameras hopefully everybody's had a great week and uh we're going to wind this week down with a product review podcast with our good friend tom waters from kentucky tom uh made the decision to upgrade some of his uh, hunting clothing and hunting gear along with another uh oh, I guess you could call it, it's an app, Onyx Maps, and uh, he is going to talk today about those purchases, whether or not he likes them, what, how he used them, why he decided to uh, get, uh, get those products, and uh, it's just a good old-fashioned product review podcast, we haven't done one of these in a while, and uh, Tom emailed me, and I'm like, let's do it, man. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I just, just some really quick housekeeping and announcements, I guess, that need to be done. Um, if you are the kind of guy who likes to listen to Western big game hunting podcasts, along with basically finding out information, we have a ton of great information. So if you're listening to this right now, you guys all need to make sure you go and search sportsman's nation big game western hunting uh, wherever you're downloading your podcasts so if you're listening to this one there is a whole completely new podcast uh, that is the big game western feed and right now there's three podcasts on there uh, that uh, are up and running And uh, we have Son Outdoors We have the Hardworking Hunter And uh, we also have the Transition Wild podcast on there as well And that feed is going to grow I mean I'm looking for more Western hunting podcasts To add to the network there So what we have then is Whitetails are on one podcast uh, You're listening to this that one right now And then we're going to have the Sportsman's Nation big game western hunting podcast and then hopefully by the end of the summer we can add waterfowl potentially even fishing uh, depending on how things go and, and and the growth of the network so that's the goal anyway so be sure to go and subscribe to the big game western hunting feed for the sportsman's nation and all you have to do is you know search sportsman's nation big game and uh it should pop up so subscribe to that one as well trying to think if you haven't already dude there's a lot of good conversation that goes on on the social media pages whether it's facebook or whether it's instagram we do a lot of sharing of ideas and content and you know basically sharing each other's opinions, uh, on sometimes it's strategy, sometimes it's ethics, Uh, just a ton of uh, good conversation that goes on the Nine Finger Chronicles and the Sportsman's Nation Instagram and Facebook pages, so make sure you guys are following all of the social media, including some of the uh, other podcasts as well, like uh, Southern Ground or Transition Wild or, let's see... Uh, Land and Legacy, and and the DIY Sportsman's Podcast, so make sure you, uh, you're following all of those places as well, and uh, I'm telling you, guys, the Sportsman's Nation is, is a one-stop shop for a ton of great podcasts and a ton of great content. And hopefully, here pretty soon, we're going to be adding a blog as well, so there's going to be written content coming as well, and the sky is the limit, my friends, so uh, just I don't know, keep an eye out here and on Facebook and Instagram, and you, you shouldn't, if you follow all those places, you shouldn't miss out. Other than that, before we get into this product review podcast with uh, old Tom Waters from Kentucky, I do want to say, and I, I have this piece of paper that's in front of me, and I got to figure out what company I have to look at today. So let's see, Ripcord arrow rests. Ripcord arrow, arrow rest. I tell you, it is a very high quality drop-away rest. Um, they have limb-driven and string-driven systems. So it's definitely something, if you're a serious, like uh, like Keith, the owner of the company, says, it is a hunting rest designed by bow hunters for bow hunters so uh, it's an american-made product and uh it's a badass overall piece of equipment put out by a badass company and badass people who work for that company as well so and it's veteran owned and uh then keith is a veteran as well so definitely a whole bunch of benefits to buying a ripcord airrest and it's a high quality product as well so uh Make sure you guys go to Ripcord and you will be able to check out all the products that they offer. It's uh not gonna lie, it's a it's a really kick-ass product, and it's uh I I often talk about brand loyalty on social media and uh definitely a brand that I am loyal to, so go check out Ripcord ArrowRests. Rests. Other than that, I've talked for way too long. Let's get the party started with Tom Waters about product reviews from Onyx Maps and Sitka. All right, everyone, on the phone with me today, I don't even know, man, how many times have you been on the podcast now? Like four?
1: I th- yeah, this is the fourth time,
0: believe it or not fourth. Okay. You've been on to tell a couple stories. You've been on to do some gear reviews and, and actually that what that's what we're going to do today is uh, some more gear reviews uh, because you made a couple big purchases this this year. Uh, uh, kind of a uh, you cleaned house and you went all new on some Sitka gear and then um, where I want to start off today is with some uh, um, Onyx maps. It's something that i've heard people talk about but it's you know uh it's it's something that i've never used i've never jumped to use so but before we get to all
1: that right you
0: know all that hunting gear is fun to talk about but how's life man
1: oh uh, it's it's great cannot complain uh really excited about some trips coming up that aren't just hunting we've got a trip. The wife and I are going on a uh, couple of weeks up to Alaska in oh, May wow. and ne- never been there before. So obviously that's going to, that's going to whet the uh, desire to do some hunting up there, but we're really excited about that. And, uh, just, you know, in the, in the part of the season where you're doing a little bit of, uh, scouting, a little bit of, uh, looking for permission and, uh, getting ready to look forward to putting out some minerals and get, get some uh, cameras out.
0: Right now, Kentucky, right? That's where you're from. Yes, sir. Okay. What's the turkey situation like there in
1: Kentucky? The, the turkey situation here is amazing. Uh, that's not my experience. That's everyone else's. I have just started turkey hunting the last few years, and I have yet to get one, but I am crossing my fingers this year. I don't have as much access to uh, to land for turkey as I do for deer. Uh, at least the places where I hunt deer, I don't have as many tur- as much turkey there, but I'm right. definitely trying to, to uh, get off the goose egg this year. Right.
0: And that's something that in the past, like for our turkey season in Iowa, I use all my vacation for either family, like this year, my vacation is going to elk, whitetail and family. So I take one day off during the turkey season to go hunt and it's with my wife. So I pretty much am just calling for her to try to get her a bird, but right. Like it's a to me, it's a secondary animal. It's just like the only reason I turkey hunt is because I can't deer hunt.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and it's just it's a chance to get out there for me, Um, and you know it's just great after not having anything to hunt for a while to be able to to be out in the woods. Right. Absolutely.
0: And then if you're lucky for us, I don't know about you, but if we're lucky, and this is almost just as exciting as turkey hunting, but if we're lucky. The mushrooms are popping too, so oh yeah, we do a little turkey hunting and then we'll look for mushrooms. Like last year was awesome because I remember in our afternoon hunts, we're walking to the turkey blind or walking to set up on a turkey, and I'm walking through all these mushroom patches, and I'm just like, oh okay, wow. let me go try to get this turkey. You know, it, it it would either come in or it wouldn't, and then we'd go back and we'd pick mushrooms. So,
1: oh yeah, up here especially like Southern Indiana, which you know is just you can almost throw a rock from, from Louisville, where I live, to yep. cross the river. Um, I think there's more poaching for, for uh, mushrooms than there is for deer and turkey. I mean, it's nuts up there. Right. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Right.
0: I remember going to take my trail cameras down one year in uh, somewhere around mid-April, depending on you know what the temperatures are, because I think a lot of it has to do with soil temperature uh, when they start to grow. But uh, I just remember seeing tons of people on my trail cameras with like five gallon buckets and I couldn't, I couldn't see what was in them, but I just, I was like, okay, those they're mushroom hunting.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, that's a huge thing here too. Yeah.
0: And I don't know about you, but I eat so many of them in a like a 3 or 4 week period that that holds me over till the rest of the year for the rest of the year. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. It's just like it's there for just a bit and by the time it's over if you've been lucky like sounds like you guys are, you get your fill pretty pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You want to talk about gear, man? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, I want to start off with um Onyx maps, right? And the reason right. the reason that I want to start there is because everybody I know Is like, dude, I, you know, I got Onyx Maps, Onyx Maps, you know, you got to get Onyx Maps. And I've heard good things about them, and I've even seen, like, little demos uh, about Onyx Maps. But I, I myself have never tried them. I'm interested in in it. uh, But why don't you just tell us, if, for those who don't know, what is Onyx Maps?
1: Well, um, it's an app that you'll purchase uh, that you use primarily with your phone and your you know your GPS function of your phone. Um, it has quite a bit of information on it uh, that others don't. Uh, my genesis of using it this year was I was always a ScoutLook guy, and I still do use the ScoutLook app because I've got a ton of history in there. Uh, but Onyx, what's really nice about that to me. Uh, versus the scout look now the scout looks free you have to pay a little bit but onyx has uh, the big function that really got me onto it was the property owners it lists uh, as you're looking at it you can put overlaid um, information of property owners you can click on that and the information as far as who owns that piece of property will come up now that's per state so you buy it on a per state license so i think there's a a function i didn't buy it because i don't hunt in that many different states Uh, where I need that. I think there's a function where you can get the entire country for maybe a hundred a year. And I think it was around 20 for the, uh, for just the Kentucky one.
0: Okay. And is that, so it's $20 a year gets you that service or is it $20 as a one-time purchase?
1: It's a one, I believe it's one time. Okay. Uh, I haven't had to renew it yet. So I've only had a year. So if I'm telling tales there, I apologize, but I think it's just a one-time cost.
0: Okay. So then, before you know you said you were using Scoutlook, but mm-hmm. what's the benefit of having uh, you know an app like this? How did, how did you personally use it?
1: Yeah, well, the benefit for me was is, you know listening to you and, and Mark and, and knowing myself that the, the key for me is getting some more permission in other places. And granted, there are some states where there's the website where you can go and find out who owns what particular property. Uh, but it's just a lot easier if you're out cruising around and, you know, it's in the summertime and you're just riding around looking for deer and you see an area, you know, going back and finding that on the map and everything and then going uh, to pay in most cases around here to find out who the owner is uh, for getting those maps that show ownership. This thing, you're just right there and you can look it up in that second, uh, go ahead and, you know, just do a screenshot, save that, and then later on you can go and contact that owner. And um, then you can see who owns property next to properties that you already have permission to. So maybe you can expand off that. And I'm doing a little bit of public land, too. Uh, and one of the nice things about it is you can go in and it, there's cross hatching, you know, where you can select an overlay over the map of I just want to see public land. Well, it'll show all of the public land in the entire state. And you can go in areas and there's little pockets of stuff that may be public land that aren't really WMAs. Which is that's what we call most of our public land here in Kentucky is wildlife management areas, WMAs. But there's some areas that aren't WMAs that are public. So you have an opportunity to go hunt there possibly. And those are things you wouldn't know with a free app.
0: Okay. So you were able to do a lot of I mean, did you did you find yourself just kind of flipping through the map, flipping through the app, looking at some of the locations that you were interested in previously, but never like did any research on. So, so, I mean, was it a great research tool for where you want yeah. to go ask permission to hunt?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to continue doing it. I've already got, I already got permission to one really nice place. Um, uh, that's close to my house. It's on about 30 acres. It's not quite suburban, but it's close to suburban hunting. And I found the the people that own it and got in contact with the guy and was able to get permission on it. And I don't think I would have gotten it without the app. Okay. I mean, that made it a lot easier to find that. Um, Plus, you know, now I'm kind of emboldened by it, right? I mean, I've had that success with that. I'm going to try to do more. So it just, it's one of those things that makes it easier to do what, what you need to do, which is the hard part of going and knocking on doors. I mean, the the not everybody in these areas lives on the property that you want to hunt on. You know, in fact, there's a lot of cases where they don't. Um, so you've got to be able to find that owner in a way that's outside of just looking to see if there's a house on or near that property you're looking to hunt on. Right.
0: And as we all know, uh, just because there's a house up front of the property doesn't mean that that's the landowner these days. Exactly. I mean, I remember more often than
1: not around here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, same thing for Iowa, you know, 15 years ago, I could knock on the door of a farm and I could just be like, Hey, can I go hunt back there? And they would say, yeah, sure. That's my property. But now as the older generation starts to, you know, God forbid me saying this, but, you know, move on. Whether that's to a nursing Mm -hmm. home, you know, houses get sold, but the landowner is still the same. The house is owned by someone else. So I, I, you know, I knock on the door and and they're like, no, we don't own that. Do you know who owns that? Yeah. No, we don't know who owns that, (laughs) you know, or, or yeah, they live in a different state or yeah, they live in town or whatever. So you got to do some additional research, which is, which this sounds like it is, uh, it would just be, it's like a great, a great
1: tool. It it really is. I mean, if if I, I got one piece of property that I know there's a ton of deer on, um, that I've been wanting to to hunt and now I've been able to track down who owns it and have been able to get permission for it. So, I mean, if I never get anything else out of the thing, I mean, it more than paid for itself in in my mind by having access there. And I think I'll be able to find, find more places. Um, one thing I hope that they do, or there's maybe a database out there that I want to try to, um, to leverage that information with is what if this person owns more than one piece? Yeah. You know, I mean, if, so if you've got permission from a guy, I mean, he may, you know, they may have property, not just that one, but maybe some others and, you know, find that out and, you know, just get as many opportunities as you can out of each, out of each, uh, introduction. Right. Absolutely.
0: Now, is this something that you have to have mobile data to use or can you just have your, your, uh, I guess, uh, your GPS on.
1: Yeah. You can just, it has a function where you do not have to have coverage to be able to utilize the map. And what you do is uh, you save the map, right? You right. save that area. And you know, it doesn't, I mean, if you've got a decent, a relatively new phone, that's not going to be an issue. It doesn't take up that much space. So like if you're at an area where you're going to be out of a, uh, and I did this out at Fort Knox where I hunt public land out there. Uh, I would download the the area because you have to go into pre-assigned areas uh, at that particular place when you hunt. And so I would do that because some of those places down there, there's really not much coverage. So, no, you do not have to have coverage to be able to utilize it. And it'll track you and let you know know, that you're in the right place where you're not walking where you're not supposed to be. And uh, there's no dispute there uh, if you come across somebody that's not where they're supposed to be.
0: Okay. Uh, so, does it do anything? Is there any functionality where it it lets you track like an access route, where uh, it allows you to sure. drop pins, or uh, it tracks the line that you've walked?
1: All of those things. All of those. Uh, you can. All of those things. It's very much like the old, uh, like you know, the old Google Maps uh, that they used to have. I mean, you can track, you can drop pins, uh, you can record your trip you know, where it'll show you coming in and coming out, uh, you can put a waypoint and then come back to it. Like, you know, drop a pin where your car is. If you're doing, you know, if you're out someplace or your truck rather where you're hunting and, uh, you want to make sure you're able to get back there at night or vice versa. You know, if you've already tra- if you've already, uh, scouted out a place where you want to drop a, where you want to hang, do a hanging hunt, uh, when you've been scouting in the summertime, drop your pin there and then you can navigate straight to that with the app.
0: Okay. So then,
1: or you could even instead of straight, you can you know do that tracking piece. Yeah, is really probably the smarter idea, and then go back and follow that back in that same route. So you're not doing a straight line; you're doing a a way that you know you're not going to disturb as much if it's a you know creek bottom or whatever.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Then, so you're able to not only see the the property owners. You, or whether it's public or private land. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. as I, as we were talking just now, I signed up for the seven-day free trial period. <laughs> so, Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the way to do it. Just, just so I can you know be there with you. It looks like so, and you can turn some of these functions on and off. So let's say like uh, Iowa public lands. I, I selected Iowa because yep. that's where I live. So Iowa public lands, sure. I can shut it on or off. And that'd be great yep. for. You know, it looks like they have functions like Iowa non-resident deer zones. So I can click that yeah. function on and it shows me as a non-resident where all of the uh, zones are for deer hunting. So if I'm, you know, I'm out of state and I want to do some scouting, I know where the borders are and where I can look for either public lands or private lands or what specific areas.
1: I want to. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, because cool. I've got I've got two uh, preference points away from uh, being out there knocking on your door, looking for some places. So uh, that's good that it has that functionality. Cause I'm thinking you're going to push me on the private, on the, on the public anyway. That's so all good.
0: Hey, it's not the, you're not the first guy that's asked me. I'll put it to you that way. I understand.
1: <laughs> I'll figure if Kenyon isn't getting any help, I'm not, I'm not that much luck either. All
0: right. So let's see here. So it allows you to do, uh, uh, just a, a ton of of things. Is it is this something that you're you feel like you could use every single year?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the The topo map's really good. the The quality of the of the just the you know the pictures, for lack of a better term, the satellite imagery is really good. The detail is great, and I really used it more. Uh, I used it for two things. Obviously, number one, I'm using it to try to get an access, but actually out in the field, it's a big, big help. If, if you're in an area you haven't been before, or you don't know as well, like public, uh, or a new place that you're hunting, it just has such fine detail that, um, I've found it to be better than scout look. Uh, it probably has even more, uh, functionality that I'm not really use- using yet that I'll probably get better at this, this year. Um. But I have I've really been impressed with it and like I say, I mean, if you get any hunting permission out of it at all, it more than pays for it. So
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 just completely playing around with it right now. And not only is it good for hunting, but if you're like a guy who likes to backpack and hike and do a whole bunch of things, it's shown like I went to Glacier I'm on the map right now and I'm going to Glacier National Park and it has all the trails marked out there to where Sweet. a guy can yeah. hike hike. So that's pretty cool too.
1: Yeah. I'll be using it. I, I I'll get back with you. I'm going to take it. Obviously it's on the phone, but when we go to Alaska, we're going to be doing quite a bit of stuff like that. So uh, I'll give you a report on what it's like awesome. uh, utilizing that up there. Cause if it's got that, that's that's even, that's a lot more usage than I even anticipated being able to get out of it. Right. And it,
0: I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, it sounds like, uh, there's, uh, you know, you can look for trailheads or you can look for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, this is something I'm definitely going to play around with because as I start to explore the West, right? Like, I'm going to Colorado this year. I'm going to be heading yep. to Wyoming at some point, probably back to Idaho, uh, Utah at some point. I can, uh, I'll be taking a look at this in more depth. You know, I mean, I'm scrolling through here and it even, you, for an extra fee, you can buy boon and crockett trophy big game records so it, yeah so if you're a uh, like a big antler trophy hunter it's going to show you where the where everything's at as far as large animals are concerned and then it can say i want to shoot a boon and crockett elk okay well i need to apply for these points and i'm going to research this area and wow that's cool
1: yeah there and there's always some good uh specials a lot like the things you have with your uh with with, the people that you know sponsor you there's a lot of good specials out there so before anybody gets ready to pull the trigger on it if you're listening to the usual suspects on the uh on the different podcasts there's always some specials uh, to save a little bit of money when you buy it too
0: right absolutely makes uh makes a lot of sense okay cool man well onyx maps you got me intrigued might be something i'm gonna i might have to look into um is this and i already know what you're gonna say but is this something that you recommend for all hunters
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I don't think there's a an app uh, an application that uh, everybody wouldn't be able to get something out of this thing to some degree. I mean, you you've just found some stuff I didn't even I wasn't even aware of, and I've yeah. used it for you know for seasons. So no, I think I think it's something I definitely recommend to people. Cool. And like you said, with the seven days, I mean, get in there, play around with it, and and see what you can do with it. All right.
0: Now Sitka Gear, right? Yes, sir. Is- and that that's what the main topic was supposed to be about today. I, but I wanted to add in Onyx, but uh, Sitka, right? Sure. So, so you went all in on Sitka this year, right? Yes, I did. Um, okay. I did. All right. So I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about leading up into that that where you make a decision. Because a, Sitka gear is not cheap. It is... It's a big investment, and for someone to kind of scrap all their other gear and go all in on something like that probably wasn't cheap. And Not at all. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, so first off, what were you wearing before Sitka gear that made you say, okay, enough's enough, or maybe it wasn't enough enough, or maybe you just like gear, or, or whatever, but... What made you, you know, what gear were you wearing, and why did you start thinking, like, this isn't good enough, I need to try something else?
1: So, for the longest time, um, I started out with uh, using a lot of the Cabela's, the Wultimate, Berber, uh, wind shear protected stuff. Okay. And it was really good. I mean, I hunt from... Anywhere from September 1st is when we start here this year in, in Kentucky all the way through uh, Martin Luther King Day, middle of January. So we get all kinds of weather, and I hunt throughout the entire season. So that stuff was really great at cold weather. It was quiet. And then I'd have other things, and I kind of started morphing into the scent lock gear. And scent lock is less of a camo company as it is a process, as you're probably aware of. And it's more of, you know, we think we can – stop all of your scent, but the quality of stuff really wasn't what I was looking for. Um, Things would be bulky, things would be warm, but they'd be too bulky. Uh, The quiet, um, how it was uh, fitted wasn't really that great, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I started really listening a lot to uh, you guys, uh, to to Mark on uh, Wired to Hunt, and you there. And then some other people that I listened to and everybody was talking about the sickest stuff. And I went and, uh, tried some on and I was like, it's just night and day. Uh, you know, so I did, I looked at it and I'm like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to make the commitment to this. I'm going to try to do it smart because as you said, it's not cheap. And, uh, I've got a few techniques for being able to, to get the stuff at a little bit less than full retail that I'll, be happy to pass along, but it, but it is a commitment. Uh, it's not cheap, but the stuff's great. Um, but that's how I started. I started off with just Cabela stuff and then the scent lock and just found that it, it really wasn't gear. It was just clothes. Yeah.
0: So, was it because you like when you were out in the stand or out in the timber, and you're sitting there and you started getting cold? I mean, was it was it a warmth issue during the the mid to late season hunts? Was it uh, moisture wicking? What was it? You know, because for me, yeah, I'm a I'm kind of a firm believer in if you're hunting in the right spot and you're not jump doing jumping jacks in your tree stand, camo pattern. Isn't necessarily a make-or-break deal, like right? for me, anyway. That's different. That's completely different if you're on the ground, maybe doing some spot and stock hunting. Mm-hmm. But did you did you feel like your it was the, a camo, or was it a comfortability? Like was it comfortable? Oh,
1: great. Yeah, great point. And and I'm you, you and I are on the same page. Um, you know whether or not you can see a leaf or a twig on the camo you're looking at, you know, deer don't see that way. I mean, the rods and cones issue that's, you know, been beat to death. They don't see the detail in camo that we do. So I'm with you. I think being still is the best camo out there. Uh, if it's breaking up a pattern, then that, that's what it needs to do. And I think they all can do that. But for me, it was more about the actual function of the gear. Uh, am I getting out in the stand in September? And am I just, die, you know, soaked in sweat by the time I get out there? Do I dry off? It to your point, does it wick off okay? If it's in the mid season, how's the layering system work? I mean, sure I might be comfortable when I get in there, but if I'm sweaty um, and I can't get cooled off, or if it's bulky, if it's not fitted in the right way. Uh, and then how how is it designed for just function? You know, are there places for grunt tubes? Are there places uh that they think of as you know some of the things they do with the the mitt uh the muffs rather the hand muffs that are built into the to the bibs and are built into the actual jacket i mean there's just so much thought that goes into their product versus you know just throwing something on and you know taking it off if you're hot and putting it on if you're cold yeah um that it, it was just i mean it's i don't know i mean it's like the difference between a you know a a used old car and a and a ferrari I mean, there's a reason it costs more, and when you utilize it, you recognize that. Right, right.
0: So I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second with with you. Sure. You know, and I'm going to use your analogy, a used car versus a Ferrari. Now, a Ferrari may be awesome, but it may not be functional. Like, if I'm looking to haul hay, I'm not going to buy a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Um, Exactly. My truck is going to do... Do all right. So I guess, I mean, for, for a lot of people, they look at, they look at something and it's price. It has to be price driven just because of the, their, their life budget. Right. And absolutely. So, what made you just kind of go all in at one big expense expense as opposed to buying a little bit here a little bit there and slowly adding up to your you know to your full i
1: guess outfit? yeah, well, and I did it over a year oh okay it, it okay. was a, yeah, I did it piece by piece over a year uh, mainly primarily during the off season and then I had my early season uh system. In place in uh, in you know in the summer, and then I had my mid season in place by the season start. So I mean I was right ahead of the curve the whole way, but it was over a year that I put all of it together. Okay, but it still was a chunk of change over a year, and it was it required quite a bit of looking for sales and finding the places where you can get you know the good prices on the stuff. Because overall, and just to give the the listeners an idea, and then you tell me if this is in line with what your perception is, I would say that piece per piece Sitka is anywhere from 50% to a hundred percent more than the same thing in a regular camo. Yeah. Yeah. You say that's, that's close to your experience. Yeah, it's close. Uh, if not,
0: yeah, if not, maybe a little bit more. Um yeah.
1: In some, in some pieces, it definitely like the, the, uh, fanatics, the, the late season stuff is really, is really expensive. I mean, you're talking right. 350, 400 for the jacket and same for the bids.
0: Right. So, You were looking for deals when you over this year. Where did you
1: find those deals at? Um, A number of places. Um, Some of the ones that I know I think you've talked about before, Camo Fire is a discount um, group that sells uh, one-off things. They're not just one particular area, but they'll have Sitka probably every couple of weeks. They'll have a different piece of Sitka gear. You can get on their email list, and you get a daily email from them. And they'll have a few items. Uh, for example, I got the uh, rain jacket and their downpour series uh, for 50% off. Yeah. I uh, just got that. Uh, in fact, they got that, that was one of the last pieces I got. So I got that for 50% off. Another great place uh, is Mountain Archery. Okay. And they handle um, a ton of Sitka stuff. They have all the stuff. And it's not always on sale. But if you really focus in January and February – you'll find a number of times this stuff at 20, 25, 30% off uh, of the retail. And, and uh, that's, you, you don't get that a lot with SICK. I mean, you really have to be right. did diligent to find that. The other thing that you can find is on eBay. Uh, you can get them brand new with tags on them sometimes uh, for 20, 25% off. And sometimes you'll get them from an individual that bought them. Uh, and they're, you know, next to new, maybe the tags are off, but I mean, it's in good condition and you've got a guy on eBay that's got a lot of, uh, positive reviews, you know, and you can get stuff for 40 or 50% off there. Right. Now all the stuff I bought, I bought was new, but I did see deals like that out there as well. Right. Right.
0: So you, you were diligent in the fact that you were really looking for deals. So you didn't have to pay full retail price.
1: Yeah. And I didn't pay full retail on anything that I bought.
0: Okay. All right. Was this off season when you were buying this stuff too, like in the summertime or, um, when did you, when did you seem to buy the products where it had the biggest discount? What time of
1: year? Yeah. The biggest discount was right after season. Uh, February seems to be February and March seem to be the biggest discounts, uh, last year. Okay. And I've been watching it this year too. Uh, there's really nothing else I want, but I just kind of keep up with what the what the new stuff is that's out there. Yeah. But it seems like this time of year uh, is the best time. You'll also see times like Cabela's had some deals where they'll run some stuff on sale. And obviously, you know, if you've got points, you can, which I I basically use my Cabela's card for everything and pay it off every month. So I run points on it so I could leverage those towards purchases when they had sickest stuff on sale.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so... Overall, how much money did you
1: spend this last year on Sitka? I'd say a little bit, just just a little bit north of two grand.
0: Okay, so what all? Can you remember what pieces you purchased? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I, in anticipation of our conversation, I made sure I had it all. Good, good, good. <laughs> so. Um, so basically what I have, and I'll just do it by the seasons because they, you know, they have their packages as far yeah. as early, late, mid season. So, uh, I've got the, uh, on the early season, um, I've got the, uh, light, light hoodie, uh, the gator, uh, the hoodie has a mask with it as well. Yep. The Equinox pants. And, you know, I'm hunting in 80, 85 degree weather. A lot of times either down in Texas or up here at the first part of the season, that stuff is perfect for them it's so light I mean if you're sweating it wicks away immediately and then also the uh, fanatic gloves and they're real thin gloves and I use them all year round uh, because of the muffs that they have and then on the the uh, mid-season I've got the fanatic light hoodie I have the fanatic light bibs uh, the fanatic light jacket and the beanie and the cap uh, that goes with that as well gotcha okay and uh, those things are great, the bibs, uh, because they have the zippers up and down the legs. So when you're walking into the stand, you can open those things up to keep you from burning up, and just you know pack your jacket in. Yeah. Uh, but that makes a big, big difference. I think that's one of the the best functions that they have on their on those bibs. Okay. And that was it. And then on, and then on the late season, uh, they've got a. I've got the neck gaiter. I've got the. Uh, the Stratus beanie, which is really thick, the Fanatic bibs, uh, the Fanatic jacket. Also the shacket, which is a really cool thing. I've heard you and Mark talk about that one. That's a really neat piece. You can use it in the mid part of the year if you want to, or use it as uh, just another layer. And basically it's like a vest. I mean, I know you know this, but people listening, it's like a vest that also has arms or covers up your armpits and goes down to your mid uh, bicep. Yeah. And it's a really nice piece, um, especially, you know, all this stuff is great for bow hunting. I mean, that's all I do is bow. And it makes such a difference because the stuff is really fitted well. Yeah. Um, and when you're in the stand, you know, all these other things too, we we're talking about the hoodies. And I'm sure you're aware of this. They're really long. So, you know, you're sitting there, but they're not going to ride up on you. And the pants are cut where they fit right. But when you're sitting, they're still really comfortable. I mean, they gotcha. they cut these things to be comfortable in the stand. Which you know, I don't think everybody puts that kind of detail into, his clo- into their clothing the way Citi does. Right, right. So,
0: taking a step back here with the the Cabela's stuff and the other camo that you were wearing, what was it about that? I guess it was it just not doing the trick for you.
1: Well, it, it's it wasn't bad but it wasn't anywhere near as good as this. And if you're doing all day sits, I mean, the longer you're out there for me, the more that gear, all the gear, not just your camera, but all the gear really matters. Uh, the, comfortabil- the comfort level that you have with it, uh, the ability to go in and out of you know, different layers and be comfortable throughout that process. I think they design these layers and they design these things to be more comfortable on the stand than anything else I've worn. Now I haven't done any of the first light or the other stuff that's comparable to this, but I don't have a, a time when I'm out there wearing this stuff this last year where I wasn't glad that I'd spent the month. I mean, I could tell that it, I was much more comfortable. I was much more equipped. I was more confident, uh, based upon just knowing that I was going to be able to sit there all day and my gear wasn't going to be an issue. Okay.
0: Okay. So did it perform well for you this year after, you know, after you purchased it and you wore it, was it, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, did it make the grade?
1: I did. I, I didn't feel bad about, about any of it. I was happy that I did it. Uh, uh, the only, you know, there's a couple little things on it, that, um, on, on the, uh, the late season where the fanatic, it's, it's kind of a Berber, it is a Berber exterior. It's real pilly. Yeah. Uh, and the only negative I've had with it is when you're going through, you know, the woods, it'll pick up everything. And I mean, it's, it picks it all up. So, I mean, it's a pain in the butt to get everything off of it. Uh, in fact, at some point you just kind of say, well, that's enough. Right. Um, but you know, that, I mean, the stuff's made to be worn outside. It's not like you're going to a fashion show or anything. So right. if that bothers you, that's going to happen. But beyond that, it performed great. Um, you know, it was, it, it was amazing to me how the products could be so warm yet not be too hot. Everything else that I'd had late season uh would be a bulky and puffy. And then on top of it it just was effective at a really cold temperature. You couldn't really morph it from a 30 or 40 degree swing during the day, which is you not know, unusual to have that much of a swing of temperature from on an all day sit. Right.
0: Right. Um,
1: but this stuff, you could manage the heat that you had obviously by layers or by, like I was talking about with the zippers, you know, open them up, close them up, uh, whether you're hot or cold. Uh, I really felt like I was able to manage how I felt temperature wise. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a complete baby about it, but I don't want to get cold. I do not want to get cold. That'll mess me up more than anything. And I did not have one time and I hunted down to, you know, 10 degrees with a wind of probably 15, 20 miles an hour with all the stuff on, uh, didn't get cold. And more importantly, I was able to draw back. You know, cause I mean, I've got all this stuff on. I mean, anybody can get warm. I mean, you can get warm in anything, but are you going to be able to function in the tree? Right. And I think that's really what kind of sets Sitka apart from other camo that I've worn in that scenario is yes, you can be warm and yes, you can still do, you know, do what you need to do with your bow. Right.
0: Did you look at any other brands before you ended up purchasing Sitka?
1: I didn't. Um, other than, you know, the usual suspects, I never looked at their main competitor, which I guess is first slide. And what's the other, is there another one? Kafuro. Uh, um, well there's, I've there's Kuyu. Of, Kuyu. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. I did not look at Kuyu and I've heard good things about them. Uh, but I thought it was more of a Western, uh, a Western company, yeah. a Western hunting type company. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, I, I trust, uh, the guys I listen to, uh, and there's been a number of people that have used it. Other friends I've known that have used it and have been really happy with it. So I just kind of, I was going to make that commitment because I knew that I'd be happy with it. I mean, I would tried this stuff on, I'm like, you know what, this is, this is what I want to do. And I just want to try to do it smart. Gotcha.
0: So do you plan on picking up any additional pieces before, uh, before next season?
1: I really don't. Uh, I mean, I have, Everything that that I need, I went through a whole season this year hunting anywhere from you know eighty five degrees down to ten, and I don't need anything else. I know that they have come out; they've been sicko with a new early season uh, setup uh, that they were talking about at the at the uh, trade shows. But I, I can't imagine that it. I mean, I if I'm okay in eighty five degrees with the equinox pant and the the light hoodie, uh, I think I'm just going to stay with that. Right. I couldn't imagine being any more comfortable than that uh, and you know the other thing is is when you make this co- or at least for me i mean i've made this commitment this is going to last me you know because I'm, I'm not going to go spend that kind of money again I mean, i'm done um, and i've got everything that i need uh, I, i'm comfortable with the with the choices and i'm comfortable that i was able to do it uh not cheap but a lot cheaper than just you know getting out the checkbook and going crazy. I mean, I shopped and I was able to save quite a bit of money to get it done.
0: Right. How much money do you think you saved by doing it your way and looking at all the discounts and waiting for, you know, specific discounts and whatnot?
1: Oh, at least 900 bucks. Okay. I mean, there, there were, uh, I mean, there was just on that downpour jacket, I saved 180. Gotcha. By getting it for 50%. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to, uh, just take your time and, you can get good deals. I mean, there's some stuff I only got probably 10 or 15% off, but when you can get a a chunk off of the big things, you know, it makes it, it makes a huge difference.
0: Gotcha. Cool, man. Well, so I take it, you know, Sitka, I mean, are you going to rec, would you recommend it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I've uh, hunted in it one year and I can tell you that there's no comparison between it and other, you know, name brand or run the, run the mill camos that I've worn, uh, the gear aspect of it, you just feel like you're in something that's designed for that versus just, you know, something that's got a print on it. Right. Right.
0: So then, um, the last thing I want to ask you is, you know, obviously price is important to some people. Is there a, a, a particular product that you've purchased that you would recommend to start off with?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say that the, the hoodie is really functional. It's, uh, something that you can utilize as a base layer or over the top of existing camo.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm a big bib guy. I like bibs. I think they're very flexible. So maybe I would start with trying to find the fanatic light and that's the mid season bibs because, you know, you can throw on uh, I think you and I both are big Merino guys, Merino wool guys. Yep. You can put wool on underneath that and deal with probably about 25 degrees okay. uh, down to that level. So bibs are really functional uh, and, are, and are versatile. So I would maybe do the uh, hoodie and the bib. And then uh, if you want to throw another layer on there, maybe the shacket and uh, build out from there and just get little bits here and there. Whatever your budget you know, works for you, drive it that way. But... I think if you get started on it, if you start using some of it, you're really going to just see the the difference in the quality and uh, the difference in when you're wearing that stuff or something similar to that versus the run-of-the-mill stuff. All right.
0: Well, I tell you what, man, uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing this uh, info with us today, Onyx Maps, about Onyx and uh, Sitka. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say goodbye because I'm sure you're going to be on again. <laughs>
1: I'll look forward to it, Dan. I appreciate that.
0: Well, there you have it, my friends. Another week of podcasts in the books. Huge shout-out to Tom for coming on the podcast and uh, sharing his thoughts and views on those particular products. Huge shout-out to all of you for taking time to listen to this podcast. I tell you, next week is going to be one hell of a, a week of podcasts as well because we have part two of the i guess we'll call it the czar report with justin czar we talk about uh hunting specific deer Uh, we also have a really cool interview with jeff Lindsay with uh the Lindsay way the television show they uh he stops on the podcast and talks about donuts and uh how he was raised hunting and then i don't know what we have after that but That's just kick-ass, man. Just great content coming down the pipe, entertaining and educational all at the same time. And uh, I tell you what, I love doing this. Hopefully, you guys love listening. If you haven't already, make sure you guys go to iTunes, leave a review, or leave a review wherever you download or listen to uh, the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network and the Nine Figure Chronicles huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast, Exodus, Lone Wolf, Ozonix, Gearhead, Wasp, Ripcord Airrests, and Bighorn Outfitters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, I think that's it. Uh, Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. It is Easter weekend. So please uh, remember what is important and that is family 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 is everything so uh try to spend as much time with uh, the family as humanly possible and uh i'm done talking so if you're going to be in a tree please wear your damn safety harness have a good weekend